Customer experience. It's what sets some of the best companies apart from the rest, yet can often be hard to achieve. Tune in monthly as we uncover the secrets behind great customer experience. This is Experience Better, the CX Podcast. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Experience Better, the CX Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Thompson, Senior Partner Relationship Manager at Kubra. With growing interest from consumers to reduce the amount of water they use, access to personal data and analytics about water usage has quickly become an essential ingredient to providing an exceptional customer experience. In this episode of Experience Better, the CX Podcast, we talk with Rob Barnett, founder of Drop Counter and Vice President Market Development at Kubra, as he explains how providing access to water analytics helps customers make better decisions. Rob, welcome. Welcome to the program, podcast show. Great to, great to be here, Scott. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's great because uh, analytics is, is, you know, a buzzword that we hear today a lot in just about everything. And I just want to take a couple minutes and introduce you and more about your history and your credentials in terms of analytics uh, for our listeners. So in, in 2013, man, Rob, that's almost 10 years ago. That's probably time, <laughs> time flies. Um, in 2013, Rob started Drop Counter and helped define the customer experience and water analytics category, basically from the ground up. And uh, Rob, obviously, after nine years in the trenches, uh, Rob joined Kubra to deliver water analytics at a scale that we've never seen before. So Kubra Drop Counter is the latest addition to Kubra's full portfolio of utility customer experience products. And we love to have you on board because analytics is, for those nerds out there, uh, it's the best stuff going yeah, I appreciate that, Scott. Yeah, I think, um, you know, excited to have recently joined uh, Kubra. You know, I think uh, looking back to the days of Drop Counter, you know, uh, again, kind of building building the company and, and helping build the category from the ground up. You know, we, we see that there's a huge opportunity out there uh, to deliver water analytics and information to consumers as well as the utilities that serve them. And really joining Kubra uh, allows us to do that at a much larger scale, uh, much broader scope than we could have realized on our own. So um, along with all the other complementary aspects of, of Kubra's offering, um, you know, we're excited about what we can bring to the industry going forward. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. So we're going to talk about water analytics. So let's sort of create a foundation for everyone and, and really sort of talk about what are analytics in, in general and specifically water analytics. And we're not talking about the quality of water. We're really talking about water usage, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, when I think about water analytics, you know, this is really uh, standing on the platform of, of more and more data that's become available uh, in the water utility space. So, Analytics just are the computational analysis of data. And because there is more data becoming available to utilities, the need for this analytics approach has really come into focus. Um, and it's really, you know, become seen as a, as a true need and sort of true sort of green space for the industry, so to speak. Um, going back, you know, 2013, 14, 15, you know, through Drop Counter, I think from our perspective, what we saw was you know, this data transformation happening basically through the deployment of smart meters for water. Right. And so meters, you know, smart meters for electricity and uh, to a certain extent gas 
have been available for a while. Um, water has always sort of tracked slightly behind uh, the energy utility uh, industry. But um, as new smart meters are, have been deployed and generally accepted uh, in the water space, you know, there's a lot more data that becomes available. Um, if you think back to when a meter was maybe read uh, on, your, on your home or on your residence, you know, once every month to generate a bill, that's 12 data points per year. But with a shift to smart meters for water, um, you basically have up to an hourly interval measurement mm -hmm. uh, for that meter. So you're talking about more than 25,000 data points per year. So 12 to 25,000 is really where yeah, that's quite comes a, in. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's quite something. So when you think about providing customers with insights on their water, usage is that enhancing the customer experience do you think and I, I mean i know the answer to this question but um is it something that people are are looking for in terms of that expanded customer experience yeah absolutely and i think you know i think that there has been more data and analytics and customer engagement available in many other sectors um and this has really grown over the last few years um i sort of you know always reference to um you know banking right so i used to get a monthly bank statement in the mail um showed up as a piece of paper in my in my mailbox and uh i didn't necessarily have any visibility into my transaction history over the course of the month until i got that paper bill mm -hmm. um it's kind of the same for water now i mean consumers know that the data is out there and they would much prefer to be able to see that information in real time see their hourly usage data as opposed to waiting for the end of the month to see their bill or statement, uh, impossible to sort of act retroactively, right? So, I mean, so being able to sort of engage in real time has become a true customer expectation, whether it's banking, whether it's water, or whether it's any other consumer utility. Now, obviously, there's a growing interest in water consumption and efficiency programs. And, you know, you and I had spoken, and uh, even you had mentioned a little earlier that the water industry is a little behind the times in terms of you know the interest in consumption which is funny because water is very expensive people don't really realize uh that they're not analyzing their bill i don't analyze my bill i have no idea what i'm using when i'm using it and and why so what's driving the interest these days because i'm kind of your typical water consumer i have a, own a home and i'm just like i, I have no idea what i'm doing with it Right, and I right. should because I have teenagers and they're showering and man, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's that's a great question or a great observation. I think um, there's more interest now uh, than there ever has been. And I think that that's probably due to a few different factors. Um, you know, I kind of think about like macro factors all the way down to sort of household um, and personal level uh, or personal level um, contributors. So on the macro side, you know, we're talking, we hear in the news all the time about climate change and especially here in California where I'm based, uh, drought, right? Like right. this is in the news all the time. It's a significant issue that water utilities are trying to sort of plan for. Um, and the risk is obviously um, one of supply, right? So, I mean, talking California right now about, you know, limited supply and supply reductions um, coming into, into play for, for this next water year. So when supply is at risk, water utilities are looking for ways to sort of manage a demand. 
Um, and so water efficiency programs that include uh, rebates for more water efficient appliances, for example, or even educational software like ours, that can really help manage demand um, and improve customer experience at the same time. Um, but it's really solving for, you know, the supply risks that are being driven by climate change and ultimately drought. Um, maybe going down a, a few levels below uh, some of these larger sort of global trends. If you look at, at a general household, um, you know, I pay a water bill just like everybody else. And I see my water rates going up um, and they're consistently going up faster than any other utility um, that I actually pay for. And so, you know, getting a little bit more in tune with my water use and trying to manage um, that monthly expense is yep. top of mind for me and certainly top of mind for, for most other households. And so water efficiency certainly comes into play. And then kind of at a personal level, I mean, I think that there's much discussion around, um, you know, an influential and large um, group like millennials. Uh, the fact that they are, in fact, buying homes, they're paying water bills, um, just like everybody else. Um, and there's more of a focus with this particular generation than perhaps those before in terms of making choices based upon um, the sustainability outcome, as opposed to just the financial ramifications. So um, as we see more people you know, using water and paying for bills, um, you know, their choices and their behaviors are very much being driven by um, conservation and sustainability, lowering their water footprint just as they would lower their carbon footprint. Right. So, you know, when we talk about water analytics, we've spoken a lot about the customer facing side, you know, the use and me's of the world, you know, homeowners. Why should water utilities incorporate water analytics? and engagement solutions in their offerings. Obviously there's something to gain on the water, water utility side. Um, and you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is it's not only the water that's coming into your house, you know, through the faucets and, and shower heads, but the wastewater that has to be, is that being monitored? Is that a concern? Cause obviously something needs to be done with that after the fact. Now I imagine that's a lot of the cost that's driving mm -hmm. water rates these days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great observation. I guess uh, maybe tackling the, the second part of the question first. Um, you're right. I think that, um, you know, the average residential user uh, pays not only for the water that comes in and is being used in the home or even, you know, outdoors to, to water that landscape, but they're also paying for the water that goes out, right, and ultimately needs to be um, treated by your by your wastewater um, utility, and so there's there's costs associated with both of those things, um, and certainly you know water conservation at the residential level can not only you know ultimately lower your bill the amount amount that you're paying uh, for water in as well as water out, uh, but it can certainly alleviate some of the load uh, on the overall water distribution um, and purification system as well. Um, regarding your first question, um, you know, why should water utilities incorporate water analytics? Um, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of this, uh, this idea of maybe you're leaving money on the table, um, if you don't adopt, um, some sort of analytics strategy, right? Recognizing that there's more and more data that's become available. Um, certainly there's some, some use and some application for that data. 
um, you know, leaving it as sort of this new stranded asset uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And again, I think this is being recognized by water utilities generally, as well as some of the software and analytics um, organizations out there providing uh, services like this. Um, but in terms of, of the why, um, you know, I think that, you know, I think about customer service and customer satisfaction as maybe big contributors uh, to the why in adopting uh, water analytics for utilities. Um, you know, for customer service, I mean, we see all the time that drop counter users who have access to their information um, on their phone or via the web, um, they're empowered, right? And so they're sort of understanding their water use um, on a deeper level. And they understand now, you know, how much water they use, perhaps where it's going, and when it comes time to pay their bill, they've already sort of understood uh, what their use profile looks like. And so there are no questions necessarily uh, that would prompt a call into customer service uh, at the utility, for example. Um, so, you know, this is sort of uh, an alleviation of some of the customer service load for utility staff. And at the same time, you're really increasing customer satisfaction because again, you know, I finally have access to this information in real time. You know that's that's valuable to me. Um, I think that conservation and compliance is maybe another area that we talk a lot about and see true value for utilities who incorporate water analytics. Drop Counter is a cloud-based software as a service, uh, so we're really um, a software application uh, that has two distinct sides. Uh, so on one side, it's really the consumer-facing customer engagement uh, component. So this is, um, you know, we're presenting granular water use information uh, to end users via mobile applications. Uh, so something that an end user would download from the Apple App Store or from Google Play if they're an Android user. And then they can also see the same information uh, on the web. Um, on the other side, uh, this is really focused on utility staff use. Uh, so it's a place for them to see all of their service account information in one place and ultimately better understand their customers and then communicate directly to them uh, via email, via text message, and via push notification. Um, so again, taking advantage of the fact that there's really a point of communication um, available with their customers now in a way that uh, there wasn't before. It's basically unlocking digital communication as opposed to one time, you know, once a month, right. your bill is in the mail type communication. Yeah, it's that that on demand aspect of um, the world we live in. It's become so prevalent in the last couple of years with, you know, us having to stay at home and uh, you know managing Netflix and uh, pulling entertainment down out of thin air, and so. I would imagine drop counter is very much the same, just based on sort of what we've been talking about. It's it's on demand um, service. What is it sort of create a bit of a user experience for me, sort of the consumer at home? What I could expect from the use of drop counter? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I think one of the the main benefits, and I, I used the term uh, water IQ earlier. I think that you know most people don't recognize how much water they actually use um, or even where they use it. Uh, and so again, what we're trying to do here is 
get that uh, real time or hourly meter information um, and basically uh, provide that to them um, in a very convenient, intuitive and accessible way. So intuitive information and advanced analytics, if you will, um, all available you know, in your pocket on that smartphone. So basically um, usage graphs and visualizations, things like that to help tell the story of your water usage? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so you can actually look at a 24 hour plot of your water usage and you can see that big water spike um, at say four in the morning uh, when your outdoor irrigation or your sprinkler system right. goes off. Um, maybe a blind spot before, right? For the average person who's sleeping at that time and doesn't necessarily understand the true magnitude of water use um, outside on their lawn. Sure. Yep. Um, I think another big benefit, you know, just to kind of pivot from consumers to utilities. Um, but I think, you know, I've mentioned this sort of monthly bill in the mail uh, a few times in terms of how um, most consumers or customers interact with, with their utility today. And it's, it's not necessarily the strongest relationship, right? I mean, it's, it's one touch point per month. Um, you know, it's basically uh, an accounting exercise, right? This is how much water you used. This is how much you need to pay. Um, but I think that delivering a tool like a drop counter, um, one that empowers end users or customers can go a long way to really strengthening that utility customer relationship. And, you know, if we're honest, I mean, a strong relationship is what is going to be needed um, in the years, years ahead. I mean, rates will continue to go up. A service main uh, is good. Service mains will continue to uh, to break and uh, and disrupt service. And then, as I said, I mean, I think that there's more and more scrutiny on uh, overall water usage generally, and especially mm -hmm. outdoor irrigation. So, you know, restrictions, compliance provisions, all of these things are coming down the road. And uh, they'll be a little bit more palatable and a little bit more accepted and acted upon by the end user if there's a good positive relationship between them and their utility. And that's what we're here for, is that customer experience and making sure it's ironclad. Because you're right, um, it, it is about that. And, and we are judged and, and graded, or companies are against each other now, no longer you know, the same vertical, but you know, we've had other podcasts. We talk about utilities having to compete with the customer service giants out there, like the Amazons and Netflix, who provide that on-demand service in a frictionless way. And this is, you know, all industries are struggling to catch up. So I, I love it. So now we know about Drop Counter. Obviously, we talked about analytics. Where is the competition out there? It sounds like you know Drop Crown was very early to the game and and the industry expert at this point. <clears throat> How does Drop Counter differ from other sort of similar or I'm not going to maybe they're not similar other water analytic um, applications or products or services out there? Yeah, sure, sure. Good, good question, Scott. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know we're not the only ones, obviously, to have recognized you know the opportunity here in terms of. Um, a growing data set with more sort of analytic potential, so to speak. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of the things that we've tried to focus on, which have really, I think, led to us uh, being successful, um, certainly one of them is, you know, communicating with consumers in a way that they find 
very familiar um, and preferred. Um, and so, you know, I think about this in terms of, um, you know, the the migration from consumer web use to mobile device use, right? So this has been a, a clear shift. Most people are spending more and more time on their mobile devices. And so this has really informed um, our approach in terms of delivering native mobile apps uh, to consumers just based upon, again, their, their preference for interacting with information uh, in this way on these devices. Um, so, I mean, I think that there are others out there in the customer engagement space that talk about having a mobile product or a mobile strategy, um, you know, but you won't necessarily find them in either one of the app stores. Right. Uh, and, and that's honestly the way most people interact with their, with their smartphone today, right? It's, it's a one tap app experience. It's not necessarily, you know, a tedious typing in a URL on a mobile browser. <laughs> right. right. I mean, nobody uses their mobile phones that way. No, they don't. Um, I think, you know, getting beyond sort of the accessibility and choosing the right tool for the job. Um, you know, we don't just present information, but I think that uh, we have some very strong technology chops. So deep expertise in data science uh, and analytics. And so, you know, for example, we have a water leak detection algorithm that will look for signs of a slow leak or even a catastrophic uh, burst leak um, at your home or property. And it will actually send the consumer uh, an automatic message on their smartphone or to their email uh, via push message, text, uh, or straight to their email inbox. Um, and I think even thinking beyond that in terms of uh, technology chops and, and general aptitude. Um, a recent feature release for us was um, a proprietary machine learning algorithm that can identify and quantify outdoor use. So I think I've talked a few times about um, outdoor water use, you know, being perhaps a blind spot for the average user. Mm -hmm. um, it's an especially significant one because especially in the Western states, and in the summer, um, 60 to 80% of rear water use can actually happen outside, right? So more watering demand, warmer temperatures, um, you know, a lot of people wanna keep that lawn green. And so a significant component of your water use happens outdoors, but no one necessarily recognizes that. So this machine learning algorithm that I mentioned um, actually teases out outdoor water use uh, from your overall use profile and then presents those numbers um, in absolute and in graphical form to really, again, increase the water IQ uh, for that consumer and help them understand how to adjust some of their watering habits, rein in that bill, uh, and become a more satisfied customer. Perfect. So, Rob, we've talked about analytics, we've talked about drop counter, we've talked about sort of what the consumer and utilities can expect. Uh, in terms of the utility itself, implementing Kubra drop counter, what is involved? Uh, what does utility need to do? I would imagine there's some APIs integration uh, work in place, sort of maybe paint us a quick picture on, on what it looks like from the integration and implementation side. Uh, great question, Scott. So um, I think in terms of uh, supporting the drop counter platform, uh, we need data from uh, or data of a few different flavors. Um, Certainly a dominant piece is water use information. Uh, so this is again, 
hourly water use data that we can actually pull directly from um, the smart meter vendors via API. So nice, seamless, secure transfer uh, of information um, that helps sort of support some of the usage um, calculations, the graphs, and those algorithms that I mentioned. Um, consumer information or customer account data. Uh, so we can often get that via API uh, from the meter vendors. We can also um, acquire that from existing CIS uh, or even billing solution providers. We can do that via, via API. Uh, we also have a lot of experience just with simple proven flat file transfers uh, over a secure FTP. And then there's always other like elements of, of data that make things interesting, right? So weather data, um, local climate factors like evapotranspiration, these are things that we can pull from local weather station networks um, and integrate uh, into our product to make it a little bit more uh, usable and and, uh, and compelling for the end user. All right, Rob, we get to the end part of our podcast here where we ask our guests to tell us about a time when they had an incredible customer experience. And that could be incredibly good or incredibly bad. Uh, it could be from any industry, just something that really stuck with you and made a big impression in your life. Oh, man, that is that is a tough question, Scott. Um, you know, I don't know that I can point to one specific experience, um, honestly, positive or negative, but the more memorable experiences um, are often uh, negative themselves. Um, easy to sort of remember, you know, the, the harsh experience um, that you had at a customer as a customer, as opposed to, you know, an overwhelmingly positive one. And, you know, to me, that just sort of underscores the importance of being, you know, relentlessly focused on uh, a positive or delivering a positive customer experience, um, you know, because you don't necessarily want to get get crosswise with with your customer base, because that's what they will remember, uh, as opposed to the positive things that you do. Love it. Love it. That was perfect. Rob, I... Uh... Want to sincerely thank you for your time today. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot on the go, uh, but really enjoyed sharing your experiences and your and your wealth of knowledge with respect to water analytics and drop counter specifically. So thank you so much for the time. I had a great time, Scott. Thanks so much for having me. You got it. Have a great day. Take care, everyone. That's all for Experience Better, the CX podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send us your questions and continue the conversation with us on Twitter or Facebook at KubraWay. That's K-U-B-R-A-W-A-Y or on LinkedIn at Kubra. Thank you, everyone.